Radio. This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to the Human Animal Connection Show, where we believe we can communicate with all animals. Join us as we explore the 33 principles and healing methods of the human animal connection. As animal lovers, we know that you share our commitment to making the world a kinder place for all creatures. Together, let's embrace the transformative healing power of the human animal connection. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Human Animal Connection Show. I'm your host, Michael Overly, and I'm with the amazing, as always, Jeannie Joseph. Jeannie, what are we talking about today? Today, we're learning all about what animals can teach us about time and how we can change our relationship to time. Because as humans, we're very much bound by the confines of time, and sometimes we don't even understand our own relationship to time and whether or not we're working with time or against time or whether or not we feel like we have enough time or we're always out of time. So I find that this is a really... It may seem like, well, how does that relate to animals? Well, because animals have a very good relationship to time, meaning that they are spend most of their time, not all of their time, most of their time is spent in the present moment, just really being here, just really seeing what they see, hearing what they hear, feeling what they feel, enjoying life, feeling good about what's next. Um, but some people say that animals don't have a sense of time. I believe they do, and I think the science is supporting us that they do have an awareness of time. And it, anybody who lives with a dog know that they can tell time when it's dinner time, the minute that, <laughs> you know, or even sooner, but, you know, they they absolutely know it's dinner time. So um, we're going to be talking about the ways that we can learn about being more flexible with time as we, you know, develop our connections with animals. So that's what we're talking about. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, Indigo knows when I'm about home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's like an energetic thing or if she, she just knows, hey, this is about when he comes home every day. So, yeah. Do you come home at the same time? Um, different times, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, Rupert Sheldrake wrote a book called Animals Who Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home. And he did over 3,000 video studies and he could, he showed, he demonstrated that the animals, even with people who didn't come home at a regular time or didn't come home by the same method, you know, it wasn't like they smelled them or heard the car coming or something like this, but 3,000 examples of knowing the moment the owner decided to come home, the moment the owner, owner put their intention on, okay, I'm going home now, you know, just even without thinking it consciously, but just that feeling of grab your stuff, getting heading out the door, getting going ready to go home. And that the animals uh, indicated that they, they started going to the window or started going to the door or started changing their behavior, it looked like they almost like they heard the message, like they heard a beep or something that the owner is coming home. And a lot of people challenge his studies, but I think it's really you can't argue with 3,000 examples of it. I think it gets really hard to argue. I mean, a lot of people don't want to say that animals are telepathic and they feel the energy, but that's basically where that book is leading, is the idea that they have a sense of that. So that's um, a little bit different from what we're talking about in terms of time. But if it, if you're coming home on a regular schedule, yes, they do know that. But I, I maybe I told you this already, but working with some of the special forces folks and their families and in the special forces, they are not allowed to let their family know they're coming home because of, you know, the security issues and so on. So they just arrive and it could be the middle of the night. It could be any time of day. You know, it could, there's no way of knowing and they can't alert anybody that they're coming home, but the dog <laughs> often knows. So the dog will go and sit 
and wait on the porch if there's a porch or wait by the door. And this has been really helpful to families because, you know, they don't have warning and they want to get the house ready or whatever they want to do or get rid of the guy that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if they, they want to be ready, you know, they want to be prepared. And so uh, this is an early warning system as the animals having a sense, okay, my person's coming home. And this has been shown all over the country um, with Queen Elizabeth, her dogs would know when she was on her way back to the Balmoral Castle in, in Scotland, they would, get all ready for her. And this, this really helped the staff because sometimes they didn't have up-to-date information or whatever, and it was really useful. So yeah, that's a really fun thing to explore. Let's talk about time. Okay, let's talk about time. <laughs> well, I, you know, a question I ask my students is, do you have all the time in the world or do you feel you don't have it? that time is running you, you know, that you're running out of time, like the sand's dripping out of that hourglass, your days are numbered. <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting mindset to just ask yourself. So let me ask you, Michael, well, how do you feel about time in terms of that? Like looking at that maybe as a spectrum, feeling like you're running out of time or you have all the time in the world, where do you find yourself on that flowing spectrum? I used to think I would never have enough time. Yeah. Now I'm, I've come maybe a little more towards the middle. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't punish myself for, mm -hmm. for not accomplishing something or not getting something done on time and right. realizing that it's, it's just an indicator, right? It's just yeah. information. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm a little more, uh, a little more in the present, yeah. more, more yeah. of the time. That sounds yeah. funny. Uh -huh. um, but yeah. That's where I'm I know. at right now. I, well, I think that's it. You know, I, I don't think we, we can get, I mean, if we got all the way to being in the present all the time, we would be saints. We pr couldn't live in the world. We'd have to be living in a, a cave somewhere because everything in the world is is time directed. And what we want to do is have a flexible relationship with time. Like if you're in the military, for example, you have to have the ability to be on time, which means 15 minutes early. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you have to have that ability to function in that in that agreement, that that cultural agreement about time. But you want to be able. When I work with military families, I would say, okay, that's that's so important that you do that. Um, you don't want to get in trouble or miss something important. But on the weekend or your time off, whenever your time off is, you want to be able to shift into now time, into present time, into being here now, because you don't want to live your whole weekend on that same, okay, got to get eight things done before I can have lunch. You don't, you don't want to have that uh, running your whole life 24-7. You want to be able to switch back and forth flexibly between what I call now time, which is about being in the present, and linear time, which is about being very attuned to the clock time, you know, how the time, the timeline, as if you look at time, you know, I wake up at this time and I have this much time until I go to bed and what are the points that happen along this timeline, that's linear time. Very, very important if you're in the work world or have people in your life that are expecting you to do certain things. We we need to be able to, and there are people who are, maybe you have a friend, like I had one friend, like she was totally now time. She was a chiropractor and she was always late and you always had to wait. And <laughs> and whenever, when I'd invite her over for dinner, like if, if we were having a little party or something that was planned to start at eight, I'd say, okay, yeah, we're having a party. We're going to start about seven, 6.30 or seven. And then she'd get there about 8.30 and it would just be fine. <laughs> and it's just like, I just decided to just do that. My ex at the time, he he couldn't stand because he was a chef. So he made these beautiful dinners and somebody being late was, they, they might as well have been slapping him. You know what I mean? It was just, he took it so personally. So I just adjusted by telling her to come an hour and a half earlier. So then when she showed up an hour and a half late, she was close to on time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, these things, we we just want to be able to have that flexibility. And, and some people are very good at one and not so good at the other. And so we want to keep the one you're good at. If you're good at linear time, you know, you're always on time. That's great. It's, it takes a lot of stress out of life to not be late and to not be always dealing with that. But if you can't switch over, like, you know, you tell your friend, yeah, let's let's meet at noon. And your linear time person is there about 10 minutes early or five minutes early because they've accommodated for all the lights and things that happen, finding a parking spot. The now time person has not thought of any of that. And they just they think, think of it as about noon or sort of noon, which means that if something else is very compelling that's happening to them in that moment, they don't have an awareness that, oh, the clock is ticking. I have to get on the road now. They're not thinking that way. They're in the moment of whatever's happening. So, you know, artists are very often like that. And it's a very wonderful way to live as long as it isn't the only way you live, <laughs> because you'll end up alienating people. People will have a lot of reactions if you say, let's meet at noon and you're not there at noon. They will have any number of abandonment issues, anger issues, disrespect issues, judgment issues, <laughs> the sky's the limit, whatever they have going. And so when we have agreements with people, it's so important to be able to manage that. And I always know I'm dealing with a non-time person when I say something like, well, how long does it take to get there? Oh, it's a minute. They, they have no clue. I mean, it takes you a minute to just get your keys and get your, you know, your shoes on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like they, they just don't have any clue. So they're always saying things like, oh, no, it just takes a minute. I'll be there in five minutes or whatever. No clue of how long it actually takes. Whereas people who are linear time, they know, you know, not only how long it actually takes, but the chance of, well, what if there's a little delay on the road or something and they've adjusted for that and they're still early, you know, they're still five or 10 minutes early. You're, you're, you're that one. Are you that one? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's great to be able to do that. It takes a lot of stress out because you, there's a lot of stress involved in being late. You know, there's, a, you know, it, it stirs up a lot of things for us. It makes us feel like our life is out of control. We can't manage our time. And a lot of judgment from others who are in linear time dealing with people who are in now time. <laughs> and, you know, one of the reasons why it's so fun to be with the animals, we have four dogs in the house right now, because we have the two that live with us. We have one that we're fostering from the shelter, and we have one that's um, a friend that we helped adopt a reservation dog, and she's out of town, and so she's staying with us. So we've got four. And it's really been, it really is fun to just take some moments, lots of moments, and just be with them. Just sit and pet one or more. Usually when you pet one, they all come. And it's it's really nice, you know. It it increases having more dogs increases because if you pet one, you got to pet the other. You know, <laughs> you got to keep it fair. You know, in dog land, it's the, the, they don't understand not fair, so it has to be fair. <laughs> I would never get anything done if I had four dogs in the house. <laughs> I know it's 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 well, you know, it's it's so interesting how that is because I find that if I deliberately take some more now time. I end up having more time, which all I always think it's going to be the opposite, you know, because when I'm in linear time, there's not enough time. You know, when I'm in, the, I got Here's my to-do list. Got all these things. I'm writing a new book. You know, I have a lot of things I got to do and I'm taking a couple of courses. And so there's a lot to do. And when I get in that mindset, it's always like a feeling like a race against time or a race against how much mental energy I have or whatever. But when I take some time with the dogs and now time with the dogs and doggy time, then it seems to open things up because I I have more energy and more resources when I go back to the my to-do list. So it's a really interesting thing because we do tend to think of time as being a finite thing when really it's an mm -hmm. infinite thing. You know, like you said, it's just arbitrary that we that we work with this model of time and all that. And it's it's the truth is is that time is how we make it. 
something that you had mentioned a while back is about whether it's a friend or an enemy. It can oh, yeah, be, time. Can, yeah, can time yeah, be can, your friend or, or do you feel like it's actually your enemy? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I went, this was when I was living in Hawaii, but I went through about a year where my mantra was, I have all the time in the world. And I was transitioning from being in the movie business where there's time is like God, you know what I mean? Because it's so expensive. Everything is, everything that happens costs money. The start not coming out of her trailer for five or 10 minutes is like $50,000 down the drain, you know? <laughs> so time is was very much a ruler in my life. And I went through the cycle of saying to myself as my mantra, I, I have all the time in the world. And it's amazing what it did for me. It's amazing what it did for me because it really opened things up. It really made me think about, well, what do I want to do with my time? The time, even if it's, you're talking about three minutes, what do I want to do? Where, where do I want my, I want my thoughts to be or my energy to be or what actions do I want to take or not take? Let's, uh, let's take a break and come back and, and I want to talk about donkey time when we come back. Yeah. Hey friends, if you like what you're hearing and want to learn more, check out Dr. Joseph's book, The Human-Animal Connection, Deepening Relationships with Animals and Ourselves. Or visit the website, thehumananimalconnection.org, to book an online consultation. Thank you for loving animals. Now back to the show. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey folks, we are back, and as promised, Jeannie's going to tell us about donkey time. I have no idea what this means. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a workshop called On Donkey Time, and what this workshop is designed to do is to help people get into the present moment. Because donkeys, and they've gotten a bad rap throughout history for being stubborn or willful. I mean, you can't make a donkey do something they don't want to do unless you're willing to use force, but we're not willing to use force. But um the truth is, is that donkeys will only do what feels good to them. If it doesn't feel safe, they don't want to do it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. And they just are really, I mean, all animals, but they are particularly attuned to being here now. And we'll so we'll sit in a circle with a lot of spaces between us. So the donkey's free to move in or out of the circle or visit one person or another. And what we show people is we teach them a technique how to be in present time. And then we give them the opportunity to see how the donkey feels about it. So the donkey's very interested. When we get peaceful and we get present, the donkey's very interested in us and wants to come over and be near it and smell it and taste it and touch it and, you know, engage with us. The minute we start thinking or just doing our regular human stuff, the donkey's like, all right, I'm going to the next person. And so it's a, it's kind of like biofeedback, but it's donkey feedback. <laughs> you know, the donkey gives you instant feedback if you're in a peaceful place. And just to watch the donkey he just kind of take his time, you know, accept that carrot if that's what we're offering, or just mosey over here and look at this and move those ears and listen to that. And just this, the kind of coarseness of the fur and the, just their eyes, you know, just looking and in gazing into donkey's eyes is very thrilling. I mean, maybe thrilling is not the right word, but it's just very compelling, you know, because you really feel 
the donkey's presence. And so that's just a wonderful workshop that we do called On Donkey Time. And I had this one woman, she was a senior, you know, probably 70s something. And she's been to a lot of workshops in her life. And afterwards I said, what'd you think? She said, that was the best workshop of my entire life. And the first thing I say in the workshop is we're going to be doing nothing, you know, because there's very little that we actually do in the workshop. I just give a few instructions and mostly they're about how to teach you to feel what presence feels like because we actually have to show the brain again what presence feels like we had it when we were babies and you know in the course of life we we lose that connection to our senses to the moment and so the way back or one of the ways back is to be in the sensory presence whatever you're seeing or hearing or feeling or sensing or with your energy, with your perception, just like the way the donkey does. The donkey just really looks at you. The donkey just really smells you. And when a donkey comes to smell you, they don't just like go sniff and walk away. They go sniff, 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 sniff. You know, they really get into the sniff. <laughs> you know, like it's like a caress of sniffing, you know, and it could take, the donkey could sniff you for a minute or two. You know, it's a long process of just who are you? I'm getting to know you through your scent. And getting to sense your energy and who you are and what you ate and what your mood is and all of this glorious stuff that they're getting through their senses. And that just helps us to really feel ourselves into that moment to just be really present. And so that's one of the ways that we can retrain ourselves if we've lost our connection or lost a good connection with now time is to have the senses lead us back. So that could be what we enjoy looking at, what we enjoy listening to, what we enjoy touching or tasting or feeling or perceiving. And we can separate the senses sometimes as a exercise and learning it, like really focus for, like just take a whole week and really pay attention to what what green looks like around you, all the different greens or something, or the the sounds of the birds or whatever it is that you feel like you want to, or you can put them all together, it doesn't matter. But sometimes we ask students to pick a sense for a week and just really pay attention to it, really deliberately inhale the coffee before you sip it and really inhale the scents that are around you after the rain and all that good stuff. And that's just one way back to the senses and one of the ways that animals can be our partners in helping us get back into the joy of now time because it's very pleasurable and one of the consequences of not having access to now time is that we feel run by time this is that feeling of being out of time or or the fear of being out of time and that can lead to the fear of dying well what if i die before i finish writing this book you know <laughs> it can really mess you up that that state of mind if you're constantly for the spend the majority of your time dictated by linear time it can be exhausting and stressful and not fun because there's a certain pleasure in getting things done and getting things done on time there is but um there's also some pleasure in in like you say so some days you just have to say you know what i don't think i'm going to get these things done today it's just not the day for that and to give yourself breaks like that is really important and that doesn't mean some people are afraid when I tell the soldiers, okay, you're going to have to, your homework is for the weekend. You're going to be in now time for the whole weekend. And they panic, you know, they're like, well, uh, I won't show up for work on Monday. I'll just go off on some bender and be, you know, a lunatic. And, you know, it's it's scary to, to people who've been really having to be uh, in the confines of linear time. But what they all, uh, almost invariably say, they all think that they're going to go out of control. But what really happens is that they feel more refreshed and rejuvenated. And that's something that's been missing when they haven't taken breaks from linear time. Awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> It reminds me of um, a Chinese philosophy of Wu Wei, 
you know what that is? I yeah, but tell me anyway. So it the the concept and is about not forcing, right? Non-doing, but it comes down to not forcing and allowing whatever is happening to happen. Whether um you're sitting waiting for a train to go by and you're already late for work or right, right, you're, right. you're sitting in front of someone that you, that you just can't stand. And they're, yeah. they're just jabbering at you, right? But uh-huh. how do you allow that? How do you not force yourself to do something else or move, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Like that I have a, there's a quote from Lao Tzu who says that nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And it's that, you know, we just need some of that. You know, if we do all of that, you know, we probably wouldn't meet our obligations if that's all we did. But we need to be able to balance whatever works for the ecology of our life. You know, so like if we have people who are expecting us, depending on us, we have to be able to do well in linear time. But we have to also make sure that we balance that with the refreshing elements of, of now time. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's important. And the way you do it isn't necessarily going to be the way I do it, right? right. Our, our schedules yeah. aren't going to line up. Exactly. And, and that's okay. They're not yeah. supposed to. Yeah. And yeah. what I see, what I was seeing a lot in the military families, that's why I wrote a book about it. I wrote a fiction book called um, Love Hawaii Time, is the name of the book. And it's all about a woman who's completely in linear time, businesswoman. She comes to Hawaii on a work assignment, meets this artist who's completely in now time. And this happens a lot that one person in the relationship is the now time person and the other is the linear person. And without a good understanding of these two things and respect for the differences, there can be a lot of tension because the linear time is like person says, well, we said we were leaving at eight and the you know linear time person has their keys in hand standing at the door with their coat on and the now time person is still trying on outfits, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, the, this can be very stressful. And so, the 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 secret is a to understand that these are different nervous system strategies you know what i mean these are different like the the now time person is completely peaceful changing their outfit eight times and losing track of time and the other person is completely stressed by that and you know to understand that these affect our nervous systems in deep ways and to be able to recognize that and then to be able to make some different agreements. So like that linear time person might say, well, we're leaving at seven. And so now that now time person can take that whole hour to change outfits 18 times and still be ready by eight, which is the time the linear person wanted to leave. <laughs> I mean, that that sounds a little silly, but you get the idea is that we can make accommodations for each other. But I'm always amazed, especially when I was working with military families, how often there that these time things would come up and people would interpret them as change differences in values or differences in respect or, you know, how can you be so lazy or what, you know, all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff would go on when it was just really people running their nervous system in different, with different operating programs. Yep. Well, Dana is more the now person. Ah, she's um, the now so person. We have um, an agreement that we don't set a hard time for almost anything. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll say eight ish. Eight ish. So yeah. and then and then we had to define what ish meant. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's so not what, an hour. It's not an so hour. So it, okay. it's it, between fifteen and twenty minutes is, okay. is what um, we were able to compromise at. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, that's yeah. really great to be able to just be conscious of it because it can work. I mean, what, you know, because if you force her, not that you would, but if like someone were to force Dana into being in linear time all the time, she would be constantly stressed. Her nervous system would be worn to shreds, and then you'd pay for it with her being just a wreck. Right? <laughs> it's all about 
finding under first of all understanding respecting each other's differences and then finding ways to work this work and i have what i call my missing 10 minutes as you know from new york when i lived in new york and you know if the subway's running late it, you know or it's something terrible in you're 10 minutes late you know so it was like there was all i had to finally adjust and say i need to leave 10 minutes earlier than i think i do to accommodate for all the things that happen so that i can still be on time so that was move business you had to be on time right so there's just I, that was my own little trick and if you came to my house every clock this used to drive people crazy but every clock had a slightly different time because i would accommodate for those missing 10 minutes so my bedside clock would be 10 minutes earlier right so that i i would think oh it's eight i have to get up it's eight i have to get up it's really 10 to eight right so i would just trick myself i know it sounds silly but it worked you know so and, and then there i would have to have at least one clock that was actually the right time you know <laughs> you know i know it's silly but these things really work so you know you can learn to work with your own recognize like dana has that 20 minutes that just need to be ish and that way and you know it see if, since if you know that that's the agreement then you don't have to go through your well it's eight o'clock staring at your watch tapping your watch thing because you know that the agreement was eight ish and she knows that eight ish doesn't mean nine it but it might mean 820 or 822 or 817 or you know something along those lines <laughs> better not be 22. oh really that's past the limit <laughs> that's yeah. funny well, it really helps, you know, it really helps in human relationships. And it also help, really helps when you're interacting with dogs, because you realize that dogs have their own sense of time. And when you're on that walk, not only we've talked about the importance of the sniff walk, letting the dog have some sniff time, but also just the pace of the walk. Sometimes they want to move slowly or stop or look around or do different things in addition to sniffing the other senses also. And to accept that that pace is, is right. We don't want to be in a hurry on that walk. We don't want to be in linear time when we're walking our dog because then the dog's going to get rushed and the dog's going to get stressed and the dog's not going to poop. And now you've just spent 10 minutes, there's no poop, and then you get some poop later that you didn't want you know what I mean so it's it's really important to recognize that dogs have their sense of timing and it's subtle but they they have like they know like for when you're petting them for example maybe they're done at a certain point and we want to respect that or maybe they need more time to walk out the door I, all of our dogs we you know we were opening the back door and it's really interesting to just watch sometimes they'll just like burst out the door but sometimes they just stand on the landing and they're just looking around and to see what's going on and I'm really grateful that they do that because the other day Lucy who's the the reservation dog you know she had life on a reservation so she's the most tuned into the kind of the primal world you know so she wakes up with the roosters which is not when we want to wake up but anyway she wakes up the roosters and um you know, the other day she woke us woke me up early and I got up let them out I was still blurry eyed and it wasn't even light out yet and I let them all out and there was a snake there there was a rattlesnake and I was like come on come on come back in back in back in back in you know and so I just and they I I pay a lot of attention when they pause at the door I pause there's nothing nothing to be gained by rushing out that door there tuning in sensing something seeing feeling hearing touching tasting smelling I don't know what but they're getting some data about the world and they're choosing their time and sometimes they'll wait for like a minute and then rush out and go out you know so and then sometimes they'll just rush out you know so it's really fun to just watch that to just pay attention to what's their rhythm for doing things yeah amazing yeah in fact that's what we're going to talk about on our next um show is rhythm timing and distance so we're perfectly set up for that 
<laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see you in the next show. See you soon, folks. Aloha for now. Aloha for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Human Animal Connection Show. Please visit our website, thehumananimalconnection.org. There you can sign up for our free email newsletter, book a consultation, or check out our blogs and resources. Our best-selling book, The Human Animal Connection, is available on Amazon. And your donation of any amount keeps our nonprofit organization providing life-changing services. You can reach Michael Overly, author of Let Your Dog Lead, Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life, on his website at dogsandmen.com or email michael at dogsandmen.com. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.